Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. I gotta be honest. I thought you were anti-Cowboys. Then what happened? All of a sudden, Chris Canty decided, you know what, I'm going to be nice to my former team. I think you were a little too nice, maybe? Maybe you leaned in, leaned in too far to the Dallas well, Cowboys? Well, I made it a Canty-Can't-Lose situation, Ev. You, you should know me by now. You know I like to hedge in that way. Uh, listen, if I say good things about the Dallas Cowboys... It really means... It really means that I'm hoping that they lose. Because? Because <laughs> I can feel good about the front runners not being able to have an opportunity to compete for a title. I mean, you know when somebody is false flagging. You know when they're frauds. And the Dallas Cowboys have fraud written all over them. And that's why I, it took me so long for me to come around on this team. And that's why after they beat the Philadelphia Eagles... In AT&T Stadium in December, I said, well, they're going to host a home playoff game. They're going to have an opportunity to potentially win in advance and have another home playoff game. So maybe just maybe this might be the year that they advance to the championship rounds. Maybe they can get there finally after 27 years. But Smalls, I didn't think that the Green Bay Packers were going to come in there like a buzzsaw and annihilate them, and that's exactly what happened. I knew that the Packers would be dangerous because they're a young team who really had nothing to lose, and the Dallas Cowboys had all the pressure in the world on them. I did not expect an embarrassment for the Dallas Cowboys at home. I thought maybe it would be close. If the Packers won, it could come down to the wire. Maybe in the very end, they find a way to win. I did not think that they were going to get the ball and that they were going to dominate the entire game and absolutely embarrass the Dallas Cowboys at home. You know what's interesting about you said? The the Cowboys did have all the pressure on them in yesterday's game, but it wasn't like the Green Bay Packers were playing YOLO ball. Like, they were out there executing. Oh, yeah. Like, they were surgical with that thing. Big time. And, and Jordan Love was absolutely phenomenal in just operating the offense and making throw after throw after throw, but most importantly, not making the mistakes. And we know the Cowboys feast off of turnovers and quarterbacks making mistakes, especially when they're playing at home. But they didn't allow that crowd to get into the game. They didn't allow that defense to build momentum. They didn't allow that defense to create extra possessions in short fields for their offense to get cheap scores. They didn't do any of that. And conversely, they were able to suck the air out of that building and suck the will out of that team by having long drives, by being able to be balanced on the offensive side of the ball. And I will give credit to Matt LaFleur, understanding the importance of game script, understanding the importance of settling your young quarterback down. They won the coin toss. When it's trendy for most teams to defer until the second half, they took the ball. And they drove down the length of the field. What was it? A 10-play drive that took up eight minutes of game clock. To me, that was the turning point of the game. The first drive for the Green Bay Packers because they were able to set the tone and they got Jordan Love in the groove. Knowing how hot he was coming into this game, that was all he needed in order to lead his team to a playoff win. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. And I have been a defender of Dak Prescott. I've been a defender of Mike McCarthy all year long. I can no longer do that after 
yesterday. It's not that I'm not going to root for both guys, or it's not that I don't think that both guys are qualified to have a job as a starting quarterback or head coach in this league. I just now have to acknowledge, even though Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, he has become Buck Showalter in baseball, Marty Schottenheimer in the NFL. Anybody that you want to want to say is get is good enough to get you really competitive, but not necessarily good enough to get you over the hump at this point. Because all of the critiques that you guys came back at me at all year long was, okay, cool, another 12-win season. Three in a row, by the way, the most ever without a conference championship game, which the Cowboys haven't been to since 95, and they've had eight one-and-dones in that time. Yep. All you ever said, which was fair, is let's see him in the big moments because he always spits the bit. And the reality is they spit the bit yesterday. From McCarthy to Dak to Dan Quinn, who let's throw him under the bus a little bit, the defensive coordinator. Seattle, you want to interview him for the job today? My God. All three of them. Disaster yesterday. I got to own it. Egg on my face. I supported McCarthy. They were a disaster yesterday. Since the last time the Dallas Cowboys were in the championship round, There have been couples that have met one another, fallen in love. They've had children. Those children have grown up, and those children have had children themselves. And who is the person during that span of generational disappointment for the Dallas Cowboys who's had the most success in the NFL? It's Bill Belichick. And now all of a sudden, in the immediacy of yet another incredibly disappointing loss in the postseason for the Dallas Cowboys, that guy's available. You mean to tell me, when when I was watching that game yesterday and I saw Jordan Love throw yet another touchdown pass at some point <laughs> in the game, it panned to Jerry Jones in the suite. And he turned around and he was like burying his head and he was looking at the people in the suite like, what is going on? How do we fix this? And I thought, is somebody on the phone right now with Bill Belichick? Yeah. He has an existing relationship with the Jones family. I just wonder if that conversation's already happened, if he's already reached out to him. Because somebody's going to have to take the fall for this. Someone is going to have to be held accountable for this. This is a team with a lot of talent that was supposed to be competing for a Super Bowl. And they fell short again. You're going to have to bring somebody in to fix it. And I can only imagine that Jerry Jones is going to go to the guy who's had a lot of proven success. So let's discuss how you get to Belichick, right? CC, you have critiqued this team for not – actually, you said soft. You said flat out soft, soft, right? Toughness, Belichick and Vrabel, right? I, I want to go back. Before we even get to the Belichick part, the end game, let's go to where they are right now. Is there a chance, CC, you played 11 years in the NFL, you won a Super Bowl. Is there a chance all of the discussion all year long about Dak and McCarthy in the playoffs contributed to nerves and that this team was just physically and emotionally off yesterday? We know schematically they were a disaster, but like Kevin Burkhardt on Fox kept kind of walking us down that path of something weird going on. Did you ever get the sense in playing in the NFL that anyone was nervous in a playoff game? Everybody's nervous in a playoff game. So that's game. not abnormal. It's a playoff game. But they yeah. seemed more so. It, it doesn't matter how many times you've been there. You're nervous. It, listen, if you're not nervous before a playoff game, then you got no business on a football field. Mm. You have no business. Out. If you're not nervous, that means it doesn't mean anything to you. But how Everybody, do you get that out? How do you everybody's get over nervous, that? Huh? How do you get over that? You go out there and you hit somebody in the mouth. <laughs> and like, that's like, what you're saying with Once you go out there and you hit somebody, all right, the nerves settle down, you settle into the game, and you focus on executing. That's the whole name of it. So... It's not about being nervous, but it's about being able to focus on the task at hand. And to me, it just clearly looked like the Green Bay Packers were the more prepared team. Again, the Cowboys were outcoached. They were out-schemed. Like, Green Bay had answers to everything that Dallas wanted to do offensively. Jair Alexander put the clamps on CeeDee Lamb. 
Like, I mean, that was huge in the first half before he got hurt. Jair Alexander had C.D. Lamb on lockdown. And not to mention he made a huge play on an interception when Dak was targeting Brandon Cooks on the slant. So, I mean, their secondary played a lot better than what people thought they would. Uh, defensively, their front seven was able to neutralize the Cowboys' running game. And and ultimately, they were able to get a couple of takeaways that led to points, whether they scored them on the pick six or whether it was the offense that ended up punching them in. And then the Cowboys just made some critical mistakes. They made some critical errors. Demarcus Lawrence jumping off sides and gifting the Green Bay Packers, you know, uh, uh, um, an opportunity to get closer to scoring a touchdown. Those are the types of things that you can't do in a playoff game. Those are the types of things that get you beat. And the Dallas Cowboys couldn't avoid those self-inflicting wounds. And we've seen it too many times in the postseason with Dallas. We saw it last year in the divisional round out in San Francisco. Hell, we saw it in the in the year before that in the wild card round when San Francisco rolled into Jerry's world and beat them. So, again, the self-inflicting wounds from the Cowboys, whether it becomes turnovers, whether it becomes penalties, they are a reflection of the head coach. And it's an indictment on his overall program. And I don't know how you get those things turned around unless you remove him. I'm glad you brought up Jair Alexander because it, as a point of comparison, they suspended Jair Alexander for that ridiculous coin toss thing where he went out there amongst other things. That's culture setting. That's them saying, okay, well, we're not going to operate this way. We're going to give you a chance to make up for that. You're going to get a chance to re-earn our respect and trust and correct behavior he did that, and he was awesome yesterday, but that's something, again, I hate to be critical of McCarthy because I've been so positive, but I don't have a leg to stand on. The Green Bay Packers, organizationally, are kicking butt right now. Oh, absolutely, but with the Dallas Cowboys, we've seen this not only with Dak and with McCarthy, Jason Garrett, Tony Romo. I mean, there's been a lot of different names on the back of the jersey. It's the star that stays the same, and that's why I can't – today we can blame it on Dak. We can, blame, we can blame it on Mike McCarthy. But there's a reason why the Green Bay Packers, historically, from a franchise perspective, have that stability, and they don't let the moment overwhelm them. And to Evan's earlier question, it just feels like the moment is too big for the Dallas Cowboys, which is crazy because, as you've said, when Jerry Jones brought you in, this is Broadway. This is the biggest show in the NFL – and maybe all of sports, but then they are the ones that crumble when the lights are too bright. It's it's a really confounding situation. Yeah, but there was a key difference when Jerry Jones brought me in. Bill Parcells was the head coach. Okay, there you go. There was a different. There was a difference in terms of laying the foundation for the Cowboys to be consistently competitive. And so I, I think the focus has to be on bringing somebody in there that can block out the outside noise and get the team to focus on the task at hand. And clearly, that's been something that Mike McCarthy has struggled with throughout the years, especially when it matters most. The irony is that sitting here today, the Green Bay Packers have more playoff wins in AT&T Stadium than the Dallas Cowboys do. <laughs> oh, yep. they, have, they have four <laughs> playoff wins. Stat. They have more playoff wins in Jerry's world than the Cowboys do. I mean, there's got to be something about that that doesn't sit well with the owner which is going to prompt him to make a change at the head coaching spot. Just to put in perspective, yesterday, 27 nothing. Green Bay was up. 34-10. 48-16. They end up winning 48-32. This was an annihilation. Oh, this yeah. was not close in any way, shape, or form. And coming up, we will get into what's next for the Dallas Cowboys because there's a lot of conversation about Bill Belichick. We have also brought up Mike Vrabel. If toughness is a question... 
you got two candidates right there, but does Belichick want this gig? We will find out after CeCe has this from Granger. For the ones who get it done, like Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Love bootlegs right, throws it back against the grain to the end zone. Touchdown on a diving grab, a sidearm throw into the end zone, and the Packers are piling it on the Cowboys. And that will do it. The little team that could take out the Cowboys, 48-32, and move on to the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. People count us out, and we just block out the noise and show up every week and put on performances like this. Where does the love go? Green Bay right now, no question. Lil Wayne's happy. Yes, he is. Big Packers fan. We are on Sportsmanlike, ESPN Radio. Super Wild Card Weekend ends with the Eagles visiting the Bucks. Monday Night Football. Countdown kicks off the coverage 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Then the game will be on ESPN, ABC, ESPN Plus, ESPN Deportes, and Manning Cast on ESPN2, of course, with Tampa and Philly winner taking on the Detroit Lions. So, right now, around the room, who's going to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys next year? You're looking at me first? Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to go Bill Belichick. I was thinking during the break, though, we keep saying that Bill Belichick is a guy who can absolutely win a Super Bowl with talent. If he's got the quarterback, he can win. Is Dak that guy? With Belichick. You think so? With Belichick. You think Belichick will turn him into that guy? With with Belichick. Because he's got a lot of talent. He just can't get over that hump. With Belichick. Quick breaking news piece. I want to just update you on something. Adam Schefter just tweeted out, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh is meeting later today with the Los Angeles Chargers in his first interview of this hiring cycle per league sources. A decision is not expected to be imminent for either side. What are the Chargers waiting for? Harbaugh will be deliberate <laughs> with any decision he makes about his future. The Chargers still are going through an interview process and have other candidates they plan to speak with. Okay, just wanted to update you on that. I'm still skeptical that the Chargers would pay what Jim Harbaugh would cost in order to get him from Michigan. And but if- based on that report, so if Harbaugh said, I want to come here, they'd be like, hold on, we have other people to talk to? You're the Chargers. Give him whatever he wants. Correct. If you're the Chargers, you move mountains to get Jim Harbaugh to be your head coach. But I wonder if that's a phone call Jerry Jones has already made as well. He should. I mean, listen, you got to cast a wide net. I mean, you got to think about the coaches that 
that you feel like can get you to the championship rounds. Jim Harbaugh has certainly done that. He's coached in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's coached in three consecutive conference championship mm-hmm. games with the 49ers, and he just won the big one for Michigan. So, I mean, it's not as if this guy doesn't know how to get his teams to compete at championship levels and to build a championship-caliber program. Um, now, as far as Bill Belichick to the Dallas Cowboys, I think that would be a great hire. I also think that Mike Vrabel would be an upgrade in terms of where they're at right now. And the thing about Vrabel that's, that's a positive over Belichick is that you got more runway because he's in his 40s. So you're, you're going to have more time to be able to build toward winning a championship. Now, I don't know how much that's going to matter for Jerry Jones because he wants to win tomorrow. But I, I guess the whole point of it is to set yourself up for success in 2024 – but to also be able to maintain that level of success, somebody that can help your team go on a dynastic run. I think either one of those coaching candidates puts the Dallas Cowboys closer to that. Yeah, I go Vrabel. I think if they're going to make a change, it feels more Vrabel than Belichick. For whatever reason, I'm not feeling the connection with Belichick and the Cowboys. I also think it's interesting. To my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, have we heard Vrabel mentioned for one job? I haven't. No. Has Vrabel been – like? There are open jobs. Mm-hmm. Now, he he's one of these guys that is great enough where maybe he's wa- waiting for other jobs to open, right? Like, are any of the playoff teams like the Cowboys going to make a move? But to my knowledge, Vrabel has not been connected to a single job. He has not even been rumored to Ohio State, and I know Ryan Day is there. But we have not heard him for one single job. Just found that interesting. That So, Vrabel would be my pick right now for Cowboys. Over Bill Belichick? I no, mean, I'm not saying he's better. I'm saying I just I can't wrap my mind around Belichick going to the Cowboys. I can. I, I think about Bill Belichick having a chip on his shoulder, that things ended the way they did in New England. I think about him wanting to make a statement. And whether he views it this way or not, we still put it in the context of the divorce between he and Tom Brady. As we know, Tom Brady left... He went to Tampa. He won a Super Bowl. If Bill Belichick is able to walk away from New England because it was mutual and he goes to the Dallas Cowboys and wins a Super Bowl there, (laughs) if he's the guy that in almost three decades is able to punch them through and get the job done there, we're talking about him in a totally different light. No doubt. And he's got a lot of pieces there that would allow him to get that job done. And if I'm Jerry Jones, and I know that I don't have a lot of time either. Like, I mean, he's, this is a man in his 80s. He, he's desperate to win a Super Bowl. Mike Vrabel is an amazing coach. He's a culture setter. He would bring that toughness. But I've got a guy who has a long resume of actually getting it done. No doubt. And from their perspective, I get it. I just don't see it from his perspective. Obviously, could be wrong. Jim in Washington on 700 AM. What's up, Jim? Good morning, guys. Morning. Hey, I guess I think this is funny because you talk about Bill Belichick going to Dallas. That's never going to happen. Jerry Jones, when he put, bought the team, he fired Tom Landry. He brought in Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson got him the Super Bowl. Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson wanted total control, but you can't have two kings at one time. So Jerry Jones fired him, and ever since then. He's been the general manager. He's never going to take another strong-willed coach again. That's not true. He had Bill Parcells. What are you talking about? He had Bill Parcells, and Bill Parcells had control over the roster because Jeff Ireland was his dude. What are you talking about? Like, I guess it has to get bad enough for Jerry to relinquish that control and turn it over to a football czar. But it's not as if we haven't seen Jerry do it. Now, Jerry might still maintain the title of being general manager, but certainly when I was drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, Bill Parcells was the one that was buying the groceries and cooking the meal. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if we haven't seen Jerry do that since Jimmy Johnson. He has, 
But it's just a matter of would he be willing to do that again? I don't know the answer to that. But as we, we, we start to inch closer to the window being closed for this team with Dak Prescott, this current core of players, maybe Jerry is just desperate enough to make that decision to hire a Bill Belichick or to hire a Mike Vrabel, a head coach that would insist on having some input on the roster. How much do you think Jerry, though, needs to be front and center? Like, do you think that's important to him? Yeah, but if Bill Belichick came in and said either you're front and center and you don't win or you let me do my job right. and you do win, you you choose your own adventure here, which way do you think he'd go? I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know him. You played for him. What, is he okay at this point in his life not being front and center? Because Belichick's not going to allow That's a great question. Him. I don't know the answer yeah. to that. I mean, I, I don't, I've never I don't know spoken the to the man that. in my life. But, I don't know. But it does feel interesting that both of them, Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones, are in a position where compromise will be required if they're going to have this marriage. Bill Belichick is going to have to relinquish personnel control in a huge way if he goes to any other organization. There's going to be a GM. There's mm. going to be pe- – I don't know about that. I, I think so. It's proven at this point after the, the past few years in New England that he's yeah. going to need some help in that regard. And I imagine that anyone that brings him on is going to insist upon that. I also think Jerry Jones, if he is to bring in a new head coach, is probably going to have to bring in somebody that's going to say to him, all of this circus that surrounds this team has got to go. If you want to win, we've got to provide some stability and we have got to change a little bit of the identity and culture around the Dallas Cowboys. So if they were to come together, compromise would be required on both sides. And maybe Jerry Jones bringing Jimmy Johnson into the ring of honor shows that he's willing to change a little bit. Maybe Bill Belichick saying in his end of season press conference that he is willing to work with a general manager or someone on the personnel sides does indicate that he's ready to. Maybe the stars are aligning for both of them to meet in the middle. Riley in Chicago listening on ESPN 1000. What's up, Riley? Morning, everyone. How's it going? Thanks Morning. for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, Michelle, I am one of those children that's been born since the last playoff win and now have two children. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it's just funny to see that now they just choke again. Uh, and also, uh, as a Dolphins fan, I appreciate them choking because it takes the heat off of my Dolphins, who I think are not quite in a similar situation, but close at least with the quarterback. And uh, I think they had a similar season collapse. And uh, you know, I just like that they're distracting and uh, comforting me this morning. So thanks a lot. Well, there is something to that. I mean, there is like the Dolphins could have been a huge topic of conversation if we were on Sunday morning or the Cowboys just won 28-14 yesterday and a kind of regular, oh, that's good, that's what they're supposed to do kind of win. Yeah. But the Dolphins collapse yet again. And then, like, it's interesting. The Dolphins and Cowboys are similar in this regard. The, the labels on them all year proved to be true. Can't win big games. Can't win against good teams. Can't win in cold weather they're for frauds. the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. All <laughs> well, year just long. Call, just call it a fraud. Summary. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Q in Milwaukee <laughs> listening on 94.5. Shout out to Jen Latta. Happy birthday to her yesterday. What's yes, up, happy Q? birthday, Jen. Oh, that Jen Latta. We love her over here. <laughs> How about a victory Monday? Just real quick. Jordan Love last, I don't know, seven weeks of the season. Number one QBR. I think they flashed that graphic. That's awesome. We're happy to have them. Just real quick before I, I leave, I don't know if you guys know that all the lakes in uh, Texas are man-made. I don't know, you know if you know where they come from. Well, all the tears of those Cowboy fans. Another one's going to be poured, baby. <laughs> go Pack Go. You know, I appreciate the bit and the oh joke. Oh, my gosh. I actually think I'm going to critique him. Q, you're great. 
You need to be a little bit more pumped up with the Packers. You need to be scre- if you're a Packers fan today, you need to be screaming and yelling because you are about to experience and you are experiencing things that every other fan base in the league is not experienced. No fan base has had three straight quarterbacks like this. Mm. No, no, but you know why they're not screaming like that? Because they've got it like that. They've been there before. Yeah, but no, Jordan- but today's the day to do no, it. No, but Jordan Love acted like that last night. He was not demonstrative. He was not yelling. He he was not making a point. Everybody doubted us. He's like, yeah. They had a good defense. Our offense is pretty good, too. Can I say something, too? And I know this is going to sound crazy. It may be a little bit of revisionist history, but are we looking at the Green Bay Packers last year a little bit differently? Like they should have pulled the trigger earlier. Like maybe Aaron Rodgers was the one that was holding the Green Bay Packers back. Not good maybe. Like, like I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying, just taking a look at what's going on right now. Maybe Aaron Rodgers was the one that was holding them back because the Jordan love that we've seen throughout the second half of the season and in the playoff game yesterday – this dude is absolutely phenomenal. And these receivers are absolutely phenomenal. And Rodgers didn't want to play with these guys. No, he didn't. Let's not forget that. Yeah. He did not want to think, play with this think, group. Think about this. They set the record for most receptions, most receiving yards, and most receiving touchdowns from any receiving core with their first and second year guys. They had over 300 receptions from receivers in their first and second year. Over 3,600 yards from receivers in their first and second year. So the Jaden Reeds and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson and Luke Musgrove and Kraft, Tom Kraft, all of these dudes, these are the weapons that Jordan Love is going to have the chance to grow with. So I'm sitting here looking at it today with their demolition of the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe it was Aaron Rodgers holding the Green Bay Packers back last year. CeCe, I don't, don't want to correct you, but I'm going to correct you. Stop with the maybe. <laughs> it was. <laughs> we, like to, we like to associate songs with different things, our Purdy song. Yeah, yeah. Britney Spears all eyes on me in the center of the ring, just like the circus. Yeah. That's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It's no circus anymore. Can I say this? Jordan Love, I mean. He's awesome. I mean, he was. And here's the thing. They, they did the close-up on some of his dropbacks. This guy is just licking his lips, looking at the Dallas Cowboys secondary. I was just like, man, ladies love Cool J. Like, that's, <laughs> how, like, that's what it felt. He was so cool, calm, and collected in the pocket and just making throw after throw after throw. That's what I'm going to start calling Jordan Love from now. Ladies love Cool J. That is Jordan Love. Sorry, LL. But that's why I'm, I'm going to have to start calling him that because of how good he was in that playoff game, how composed he was in that demolition of the Dallas Cowboys. I you know what it. he was doing yesterday? He was doing it and doing it and doing it. We're on sports. <laughs> and doing, doing it well. Doing, doing it well. <laughs> we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike. This is Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman. You don't pay a guy $250 million just to be a good quarterback. You pay that guy to help you compete at a championship level, and I don't know that Tua can do that. Relative to what other quarterbacks could do in that same system with that same talent, I'm not sure that Tua is head and shoulders above the field. Oh, yeah, you're sure. I know you're sure that he's not. We are on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. For motorcycles, boats, and RVs, for protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So, yes, uh, there were Saturday games, of course, this weekend. And one of them, Kansas City over Miami, 26-7. to Kansas City has graduated and earned the right for us to wait a couple of days to really dive into them because they're so good and they've been so good for so long that doing what they, we have expected them to do has earned them the right to not be the focal point of conversation today. Kansas yeah. City winning a playoff game at home with Mahomes and Reed? Yeah. yeah, we kind of expect that, obviously. Overcoming the elements, we expect that. Exactly. The Miami Dolphins, at this point, exactly who we all speculated they were. I mean, if you think about it, they scored fewer <laughs> than 20 points in each of their final three games. They were 1-6 and six this season against teams with winning records or teams that made the playoffs. They, at, after a win against Washington, 45-15, were 9-3. and three. They lost three of their last five games. The Bills at that point were 6-6. Six and six. They won five in a row. The Dolphins had a three-game lead in their division after 12 games played. Lost the division, lost in the playoffs in the first round here, now have to deal with what they do with Tua, and Mike McDaniels had a great start to his NFL coaching career through two years. But the owner of this team, Stephen Ross, is a huge Michigan booster and alum. We know previously has pursued Harbaugh. And we know has a quick hook with coaches. This sets up for a very interesting Miami Dolphins offseason. Yeah, and here's the thing. The Dolphins lost this game two weeks ago. When they lost Tennessee to the Buffalo no, when they lost to the Buffalo Bills yeah, yeah. in week eighteen. That's right. when they lost this game. They they lost the opportunity to be the number two seed in the AFC, and that forced them to go on the road in Arrowhead in what came to be the fourth coldest game at kickoff in NFL history. I mean, it didn't it didn't take a rocket scientist to realize that you weren't gonna get the best version of the Miami Dolphins who are now 0 and eleven when the temperatures are below forty degrees. Yeah. But even with those circumstances being what they are you still expected the offense to show better than what they did. And it was awful. I mean, he had a three and out to start the game. Then Tua has an abysmal interception to Mike Edwards that sets up points for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the next drive, the third drive for the Dolphins, they got Tyreek Hill involved. They throw a little layup pass to him off of a boot action, and then they throw the bomb to him. That was actually underthrown by Tua, but Tyreek makes a great play on the ball. But then beyond that, Tyreek Hill, zero yards on three touches the rest of the way. 
Like, I mean, it was a non-factor. And if you're Tua, I don't know how you could allow that to be the case. Also, the fact that Tua had the worst completion percentage above expected of any quarterback in the playoffs since Blake Bortles in 2017 just goes to show you that it was subpar quarterback play from him. And I said this on Friday going into this matchup. Tua needed to be the reason why this was a fourth-quarter game in Arrowhead in order for me to feel comfortable paying him a top-of-the-market contract this offseason. The Dolphins, they they gave him the fifth-year option last year. They wanted to see what he would do this year. Could he stay healthy? Could the offense maintain its its stature as being one of the most explosive in all of football? You check both of those boxes, but there was still one more box that needed to be checked. How was he going to play in the playoffs? Like, we, we gave him the pass last year. He wasn't healthy, so he didn't play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How was he going to look in his playoff debut? I mean, that's not what the people in Miami expected, and I don't know how they can feel good about paying this dude upwards of $50 million a year. There is no middle-of-the-road quarterback contract in the NFL. You're either going to pay a guy, franchise tag him, or you're not going to pay him. Smalls, I, I don't think you can go ahead and extend him. I think you have to let him play out the string on the fifth-year option and see what happens in 2024. Yeah, I don't envy the Miami Dolphins making this decision because you look at the numbers throughout the season and the Miami Dolphins offense was incredibly explosive throughout the season and Tua stayed healthy and he was the engineer of this. He was able to be the facilitator, I should say, of this offense, but he hasn't been that guy to really elevate those around him. And you're right, the market does dictate that if you're up for your extension, he's going to command a certain amount of money. I mean, we, we look at Daniel Jones kind of as the example. Tua is going to command more than that. Yeah. But if you're the Dolphins, do you really think he's the guy? Hell no. And, and this team has been on fraud alert all season long. And if you didn't want to have to go in and face the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead, knowing it was going to be wintertime, I don't know if we, we could project that the temperatures were going to be as extreme as they were, but you could have controlled your own destiny and you dropped the ball. You weren't able to execute and get it done. And that was the narrative surrounding this team all season long. And they would go to the podium and they would say, keep talking your talk. You know, we're going to show you. Well, you did show us. You showed us confirmation bias of what we thought about you the entire season yeah you were one and six against playoff teams this year and your offense which averages oh, over 400 yards a game in those games those seven games against playoff teams they only averaged 316 yards and they, they didn't score more than 22 points in any of those games mm. that, that's what we're talking about and so when you think about Tua being a guy that can make people around him better it's not coming out against the best competition yeah you can beat the dregs of the NFL but that's not why we're paying a quarterback $50 million a year. We're paying a quarterback $50 million a year to help us compete and win games on the road against Pat Mahomes and a Kansas City Chiefs team that hasn't been quite right all year. We're paying you to win games in Week 18 at home against the Buffalo Bills. We're paying you not to lose to a Will Levis quarterback Tennessee Titans game early in December that could have put the division away for you. We're paying you to win those games, and you're not winning those games. So why am I going to double down on you knowing that with the sample that you've given me, it's not going to be good enough to get our team to the championship rounds. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not saying that the Miami Dolphins need to get rid of Tua. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it would be foolish for the Miami Dolphins to pay him today. It would be foolish for them to consider extending him this offseason. That is where I'm at with the Miami Dolphins. And I get that people are going to bring up Mike McDaniels. They're going to bring up Chris Greer, the general manager. No, no, no. Before you even get to those dudes... It has to start with number one, Tua. 
And that is the most important thing that they've got to figure out this coming offseason. But I'll say this, Ev, and I'll say this, Smalls. If we keep saying that Tua is the most important thing for this team to figure out, eventually we're going to land on Tua not being the quarterback for him. I can remember saying this for for two or three offseasons. You got to figure out if Tua is the guy. You got to figure out if Tua is the guy. A couple of offseasons ago, they went out and traded for Tyreek Hill, got him a number one receiver. Cool. This year, they tried to fortify the offensive line. They actually brought in Vic Fangio to help the defense. Cool. Now you got to – we keep saying we got to do more around Tua. We got to do more. They've done what they need to do around Tua. It's now up to Tua to deliver. And on Saturday night, he came up awfully small. So let's play out what happens here. So he's at 23.1 next year cap hit for the Miami Dolphins. That's the fifth-year option. No reason not to play him on that number. So either he plays really, in this scenario, he plays really well where you come up with it, a contract extension after next year, or you franchise him after next year and go year by year, Kirk Cousins style, like we've seen in the past with Washington and some other teams obviously have done this with different players. The counter, is there a number where Tua could say to you, you know what, I love being here. I love playing for Mike McDaniel. I love this organization. I don't need 50. If you give me four years at blank per year, I'll be happy to sign it right now. Is there a number, if you're the Dolphins, where he could say that to you and you'd be like, you know what? All right, at that number, we're cool. Would you sign him to anywhere from 30 if to 40? If it's, if it's $45 million a year, but it's the Daniel Jones contract where I can get out of it after a couple years, mm-hmm. then that's fine. But if you're Tua, knowing that you, you, you've put up video game numbers and that you've led a top five offense in back-to-back seasons, why would you settle for that? That would be the question, knowing that you could probably get more on the open market. I just, I don't know, man. I think it's it's a tough position for the Dolphins, and it's an interesting position for Tua in terms of his career mortality as a starter in this league. What's also interesting as part of this, and again, I, you know, in no way, shape, or form am I saying that Mike McDaniel should be on the hot seat. I think he's awesome. But if after next year they have this kind of result again, he will be on the hot seat. And we've said about all these other teams in the NFL, if you think there's a chance you're going to fire your coach after next season, you have to consider it now because the candidate pool this year is better than literally it's ever been in the history of the NFL. Coming up, our producer, Pat Costello, is over it. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. 
Pat Costello is here. Our producer is a huge Eagles fan who assumes the Cowboys show we're having today will have for the Eagles tomorrow. <laughs> Morning, Pat. Good morning. It's very hard to be angry on a day after the Cowboys lose like that. It just (laughs) makes me so happy on the inside. That being said, Dak Prescott should be banned from all MVP conversations for the rest of time. He's done. He's out. I mean, is there a quarterback in the history of the NFL that's been more hyped and has achieved less than Dak Prescott? It's ridiculous. Well, MVP just for the regular season, so I have no issue with that. But I guess Tony Romo would be another one. I mean, Tony Romo has accomplished a lot as an NFL quarterback, no but doubt. not in terms of winning and losing in the postseason, a la Dak Prescott. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys that have had great regular season careers but done very little or nothing in the postseason. Phillip Rivers, certainly one of them. I would argue, even though he's won a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers is, is as hyped as any person ever, four-time MVP, first ballot Hall of Famer, but like hasn't been the same guy the last couple of years. But Dak's getting up there in the hype machine, but this year he had a great year up until yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he led the, led the league in touchdown passes, but uh, it's a situation where he came up small when it mattered the most. And please, let's not bring Phillip Rivers into this thing, man. Why does Phillip Rivers have to catch a stray? At least he got his team to a conference championship yes, game. That's the question. No. Well, point. I mean, at least Good he point. got his team to a conference championship yeah. game, though. Dak Prescott hadn't done that. I mean, they haven't even sniffed that. They hadn't gotten close. They Each wish they could. Does. They <laughs> wish they could. Like You know what I mean? So I, I don't know that we've seen a quarterback – put up more empty calorie stats than Dak Prescott. Like, he is a legendary compiler, and until he gets it done in the playoffs, I don't think anybody's really going to care what the Dallas Cowboys do in the regular season. Coming into this year, we said, we're going to judge the Cowboys, Dak and Mike McCarthy, based on what they do in the playoffs. And yesterday they came up small, they embarrassed themselves, and that left Jerry Jones with a whole host of questions that are going to be uncomfortable when people get the answers for him in Dallas. Next one, Pat. The Dolphins fans, the Dolphins losing makes me incredibly happy because the Dolphins fans are the most annoying fans in football because what? they, the Dolphins fans love to jump on you the second that you criticize to it. Yes. They yes. hammer really? you for oh, it. Oh, the two and on people? It's a cult. They it's a two and on, yeah. hammer you. And yet, what happens? Tua comes up incredibly small in a big game again. Dolphins, Jets, and Cowboys fans are the three most annoying fan bases. Win something this century, but maybe before you talk any smack, please. Yeah, I think at the least Dolphins the Jets got know, the though. conference championship game in back to back years. Yeah, yeah, yeah Mark like, Sanchez. Well, yeah, at least like 2009, 2010. Now they got the longest playoff drought in North American team sports, but at least they could say they've been to a conference championship game in recent years. You ain't got that with the Dolphins. You ain't got that with the Cowboys. But I'll say this. The two and nine people need to chill out. I think after, they need, after they need this to chill weekend, out. they will. Like, all of the criticism around Tua is warranted. It's fair. Like, coming into this season, he needed to answer the question of could he stay healthy. But he also needed to answer the question of could he be a force multiplier. He didn't answer the last one, the latter. And so I think that is going to be what shapes the conversation around whether or not he's going to be their option long term. He's going to be their quarterback in 2024. $23 million is a pretty good deal for Tua uh, going into his fifth year. But beyond that, you know, when it comes to the franchise tag or when it comes to a long-term deal, I think we have to wait and see. And 2024 is going to be another, yet another, prove-it year for Tua. Who do you think is licking their wounds or in their feelings more today? The Tua non-people or the Dak defenders? Oh, the Dak. By far. By far. I mean, because Tua, they're... 
even if you're the biggest Tua supporter, you know that there's that kind of, but what if, maybe hypothetically. The Dak people, rightfully so, and I was one of the Dak supporters, had every right off of this year to feel like, hey, this is going to be different. This just feels different than it's felt in years past. By the way, the Dolphins, people don't think about them in this regard because we bring up the Cowboys since 95, no NFC, or NFC Championship game. We bring up the Jets postseason drought a lot of times. Dolphins hadn't had a playoff win since 2000. That's 24 years since their last playoff win. Next one, Pat. I think it's weird that people get sad that malls are closing. Malls are <laughs> so bizarre to me as a concept. Like, all right, we're going to put 100 tiny stores in a building, and you can also eat at other tiny food places. And in between those, there's going to be carts selling phone cases, and there's also a water feature for some reason. Malls are weird, and them going away does not make me sad at all. That's how I know Pat's really young. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That was me a too. great activity as the a kid. The mall was great. Oh, the my God. Was great. Go with your friends, walk around, get an Annie Ann's pretzel, maybe yeah. pop into some stores. It, it was a place for you to gather with your friends where your parents would drop you off, but it, it felt safe for them to do it. But, yeah. oh, using your allowance to buy a CD at Sam Goody? Oh, my God. There was nothing better than walking around yeah. the mall. The mall was great. I actually missed the mall. I now missed that I the think mall. I love the mall. Pat has now triggered thoughts the opposite direction. I always do think about, like, how did we arrange rides? We just, like, a pay phone. We'd have to call. Think about how easy it is today. Like, my son is 10. He has an Apple yeah. Watch. I can text him, hey, I'm going to pick you up at this time if I was going to drop him off, right? Yeah. How did we get anywhere I when remember we were kids? my parents would drop me off and be like, meet outside the, you know, Express at 1230 sharp. Yeah. Like, you better be here when I'm here. But what if your mom or dad is running late for a work reason? They can't communicate that to us. But that's why you had to memorize your phone numbers. That's yep. like, that's why, like, right. like I you had still to know. Phone. You had to have a mental Rolodex. Oh, you better you be there. And you know what? Even if they were running late, I knew I better be there. Exactly. They could be late. I could not. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. Next one, Pat. Hold on. Before you go there, the best part is uh, Coach Herm Edwards just walked in here. He's looking at Pat perplexed and saying, like, shaking his head. Like, really? Herm her misses the mall. Coach. Does he like coach, the mall? Coach, coach likes the mall? <laughs> coach said, I can't do this. <laughs> um <laughs> I can't believe we haven't figured out flying cars yet in 2024. Uh, <laughs> Herm just walked out. Herm just absolutely walked out. Closing the door slowly. <laughs> I don't know what he's saying. We got to get him a mic. I oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! He's telling me to stop. But <laughs> uh, look, we were promised jetpacks and flying cars, and we we're getting there with jetpacks. But can we please figure out the flying car? I mean, we're going to space again and stuff like that, and yet we don't have a flying car yet. Hold on. So people already can't drive on the roads, and you want them to be able to fly in a car? Yeah, what's that, the That's point not going to end well, Pat. I, 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 I think that's a terrible idea. I, I don't, don't want a flying car. I don't, I don't think that's good at all. How would we make the lanes and stuff for that? I feel like that's an accident. There, there, are, there are no lanes. Exactly. How can you make saying. lanes in the air? I think that there would are be. There no lanes. Yeah. Yeah, is that really something we need to concern ourselves with? No. Like, of all the issues facing mankind in our no. world today, I don't think flying cars is one of them. Well, you, I, you don't want a flying car? No, I'm good. I'm straight, dog. I'm good. I'm straight. <laughs> I'm super straight. Does uh, Progressive have insurance for flying cars? Are we on to that yet? I'm just saying. Anything else, Pat? Uh, yeah, people who compare being cold and are like, well, you're not cold because I'm a little bit colder are the most annoying people ever. Like, shut up. Just because you're cold doesn't mean I can't also be cold. No, I'm never saying that you guys aren't You're cold. always cold, though. I am always cold, but I'm not saying I'm colder than you are. You're saying I'm hot, and I'm saying I'm cold. No, we're typically colder than Evan is because Evan's always wearing a jacket of some sort. Multiple not layers. Like, like, actually, multiple, multiple layers, and, and Evan, well, she's got That's the a jacket. Now. What are you talking about? You're wearing, you're wearing a, jacket. a jacket. This is a sweatshirt. 
It zips up. It's a jacket. It's not a jacket. It has leather sleeves. It's a jacket. It's got a leather hood on it. It's not a jacket. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.